0: Hi, friends. It's your host, Sarah, back with another episode of Brazen Business Podcast. This week, we have a special guest, Wes Edwards of Montefusco HVAC. And Wes is a special guest for a couple of reasons. Um, One, I have been working with Wes for a couple of years now in a number of different ways. Um, But currently, he is a client of mine, and I help him with some of his promotional um, things that he has going on for his HVAC business. Um, but he also is just a great business mind. We get into this a ton in his episode um, how he worked his way up into the position that he's in now. Um, but he just has such wonderful insight into the world of business, into people, into how to treat people, and how to um, handle yourself within a business. And so I really value his opinion um, professionally, but if you take away anything from this episode, I hope that you understand what a freaking kind man Wes Edwards is. I've never known a person to say something bad about him. Um, He is kind in every sense of the word. He will help anybody, anytime. He is thoughtful and sincere And I just really appreciate his time sitting down with me for this podcast. Um, You can follow him on social media um, with his Montefusco HVAC company. And you can see some of the beautiful design work they do. We talk about this just slightly in the episode, but they have so many things that they work on in um, the course of a week a month a year not only are they doing large-scale HVAC installations but they're also um, have a really strong service department I know they've helped me out at my house um, more than once and then they also have this wonderful fabrication department that creates some really beautiful Design work using these sheet metal skills that they um, all have. And so there's just a lot of layers to that company. And so it's a fun thing to follow along and see because even if your furnace is running fine and you don't have any plans for developing uh, a new construction project that you might need an HVAC. Um, technician by your side, there's still something that I think you can find there. So seek them out, follow him, listen to this episode, and just enjoy hearing the story of where he started, how he got where he is, and how he prioritizes the way he treats people and the way other people treat him in his business. Um, so enjoy this episode of Brazen Business Podcast with Wes from Montefusco HVAC. i like that and i think that that's like the part the point of this podcast where it's like um i'm just like having conversations with people and like i i tell people before i interview them or like um leading up to it if i'm trying to get somebody to come in and be interviewed by me i'm like i will have talking points to talk about but we almost never stay by them because like i i want to have something to like bring us back if we like lose track of of where we're going or something but for the most part the conversational flow is is the more Mm -hmm. organic and like more pleasant thing to listen to and so when it's kind of things that are nonsense like that it's hard to categorize it's like those are probably really good though because they're just like going with the flow of the conversation you know what i mean so that's really cool um okay so one of the things that i was talking about and i said something about my little Excel spreadsheet in the last episode that I did but I have this Excel spreadsheet where I like people my my people I hope to interview someday and, like what they're associated with and what the topic of like conversation would be for them and for you I'm thinking you're one of the very few people that I'm aware of that literally got an entry-level job at a company and now owns part of the company I guess is an owner of that company I think that that's Maybe like the quintessential American dream is like what people think about when they're thinking about like how to how to build yourself into something else.
1: Um Lisa, and I I have have hard work. A lot of, not I wouldn't say a lot, but multiple people tell us that a couple of years two, not this last summer, but the summer of twenty two, I guess it would have been because 'Cause we're it's a whole tangent, but I'm not gonna get into it. We're woman, basically. Like, yeah. So we think I don't know if you yes, know, yeah. think, we think I'm sure you are think is a, it's a, like, that world, country, worldwide thing. It's,
0: it's a very serious thing, right? Yes. To get it, it's like, you got to go through a lot of hoops and, and things to now, get qualified for it.
1: Today, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was just dirty, like a dirty fucking tag you got just to try to get work. Sure. Today, it's a legit... They're taking it serious. It is a process, which they should. Yeah. So, so she went down, two summers ago, she went down to Atlanta for the big yearly... Um, we think uh, national whatever you want to call it. And she met a guy down there. Um, well it was it wasn't all just we think I don't think. I think it was just diversification altogether, but she met a uh a black gentleman named Eric Eric Coffey <clears throat> down there who has a podcast or he has a podcast and he does a lot of LinkedIn Live stuff. Sure. But anyway, he he's involved with like the government side of securing jobs for minorities, women owned, veteran owned you know, all that. And uh, they kind of did it all. He was with a, another woman, I think that had a woman on business, but you know, same thing for him. He, he just couldn't get over the, just the story, and I didn't realize that it was a. I, I don't want to say it's rare, but you know. What I, no,
0: I think it is. Not. I think that it is rare because
1: I actually jumped on his LinkedIn live the other night because I I have never met him face to face, but I many phone calls and some chats that we've had with lisa that i jumped on his linkedin live the other night he was going he does a weekly or bi-weekly live on linkedin where he goes through the government federal database of jobs looking for the BBE, BBE, MBE, you know. so um but yeah he was always pretty involved with that voice
0: well because i think that it's something that like people hear about or talk about when you're young like you can be anything like you know i feel like it was like maybe like fit like i didn't like movies as a storyline or books or like i just feel like it's like a thorough line that a lot of people are familiar with of like you can you know i got a job here as a teenager and i heard in the mailroom or whatever and i worked my way but i don't physically know anyone besides you that's actually done it that i'm aware of like i know a lot of people that are like you know, went through their life or whatever, and started a business for one reason or another, and uh, you know, maybe have taken that to varying degrees of success. But to literally come in, uh because I've got to think that that means that, you know, every single job in in your entire building, your entire structure, if you if you started there and worked all the way up, have you done most of the positions that are that are at your, all your company? Yeah, yeah,
1: and. You know, I because I started. Anytime it gets brought up, like you're bringing it up, it's easy for me to think back through it and and put it all together. And then it's like, man, well, it's been twenty April 10th will be 24 years I've been in the trade. You know, it's like
0: so 2000, the year 2000,
1: 2000 April 10th 2000 is okay. when I started my friendship. Okay, and it's like there is a lot there. Of course, you know how it is. You, you're where you're at today, but you think it was just it went like that. Yeah. You know, so, but when you start thinking about it, um, there was, there was a lot of stories, a lot of shit, a lot of, you know, just a lot of everything that went into it. But it seems like, uh, I feel like now I could go back. I could lose everything today and start over tomorrow and just be perfectly fine because it's, it's like a book. Sure. I, sure. In my head, the I the
0: steps that, that you went through to get to where you are.
1: Like it, it's, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, but looking back, it was so easy. I'm not saying it would be easy for everybody, but not everybody wants to do, do it the way I. Mean, I it's
0: easy. You like, it was just like you're, you were always looking forward to like the next position and like just learning that spot. Or what do you think? Mean? How do you think it was easy?
1: I didn't know. <clears throat> it, it's weird because I didn't know I was, but I, but when it was presented, the different, the different times it was presented, it was a no brainer. I didn't have to think about it, you know and I just did it, and I was offered the you know, come in the office, superintendent type role, yep, if that's what you guys need me to do, that's what I'll do, came in, did it, and then I say no, oh, I was estimating some stuff, and then you just, da da and again, it's not for everybody, but sometimes you don't know it's for you until you try it, and like, I, I can do, I, I feel like I can do it all again, and not just HVAC, or service, I feel like I could work through any type of business. And you, you know what it's I mean? It's all business, right? It's, um, it's business. numbers and common sense and and Whether treating topic people topic. good. Numbers and common. I just uh, it's I, and I don't
0: simplify it right there. Is that it? Is that all of business school? I don't, not,
1: three I don't people mean to sound arrogant by me, but it's like yeah. Um,
0: listen, if you're sitting here before me, uh, having 20 years of running a business and making it successful and growing every year, I'd say maybe you're being arrogant, but like the proof is, important. you do know how you're doing.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, we got it. It's the, again, it's the people. It's my, my, my partners, all of our employees that are also my bosses every day. And when I tell them that they look at me like I got two heads and I'm full of shit. But I, it seems like I tell one of the guys or gals every, every week at some point in time, Ah, uh, you know, I I work for you because somebody sometimes somebody will introduce me as their boss or something, and I'll kind of I'll put the kibosh on that real quick because I don't like it.
0: Oh, you don't like all. the title? Hate you it. don't like the title of boss?
1: Hate it. Why? Why? I clearly haven't you? ever got all my LinkedIn page. No. <laughs> no, I just did a <laughs> I did a long post last week. I I call it long, but a lot of LinkedIn can be long form. Throw so sure. it out long long, but I hate titles. Freaking hate them. And a buddy of mine that I, I got to know through um, doing some work at a cannabis farm in Delavan texted me. I said it for like 10 the next morning to, to publish or whatever. And he texted me later that day. He's like, dang, dude, pretty hardcore posting there on LinkedIn. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> too much? He's you. like, he's like, no. You've
0: been telling I, me about LinkedIn for weeks. So I gotta get
1: on. He's like, "No, <laughs> oh, not too much at all. He's like, it was just honest truth. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just, I, I fucking him eight titles.
0: Do you think that you're able to, say that because you've had them all like you've had all the titles and you are the boss so you can say like ah, I, do anything.
1: I don't know why I dislike them I dislike titles and I know titles are necessary what
0: do you consider yourself then if you're gonna like describe what it is that so you do to do a modern food spill, like what is it that you're that you would say you're you're doing like what's your if it's not I your tell, title of boss what is it that you're doing
1: I always tell people I'll always be a she mauler.
0: okay
1: nine out of ten of the people I know that are are like, no, you're, you're that's not what you are wore, And that's just not true. That's where I started. That's where I've always been. And I like to think that some some point in time I'll you'll see me back in the field. Yeah. stall on you. Yeah. Because I well, I will.
0: Well and so what you said before is like, uh and maybe we should talk about that a little bit more about how you began at Montefusco in the first place as an apprentice, but you said like it would, something would be asked of you, like, hey, we're going to move you in five to do some more of this type of role. And you just said like, yes. Or like, yeah, if that's what you need from me. Then that's what I'll do. And so obviously there was a little bit of like other people realizing your potential or like seeing how hard you're working or something above you. Like somebody had to give you that opportunity if you weren't chasing it, right? If some If you just said yes, somebody had to be able to see your potential.
1: So where I started my apprenticeship, it, it was a company that then they're, they, went out of business they were huge you know before i was there and then while i was there they were so big in, yeah. in our area but uh um, i hated it My i started i remember my very first day on april 10th 2000 i started at a job down at uh in pekin at uh midwest grain
0: okay
1: it was awful. Awesome. didn't i didn't know what i was getting into sure which, you don't know, i mean like we talk- all the
0: different environments that an hVAC guy goes into right like you just never know exactly yeah.
1: yeah it was it was it was just it was bad the guy i met there was um turned out to be a, a great guy and i learned a ton from him but just the first two strangers meeting again with titles i'm the brand new apprentice day one he's the journeyman yeah you know uh, most guys assume that you know i i didn't know anything sure Which, sure um you don't know till you at least shake somebody's hand. Sure. So the first couple of days on that little job down there it was just awful, terrible condition. Just it was, and within the first week, I was contemplating just getting out and going to come out. So,
0: just because you're being tr- treated like you didn't know anything, like it was it the treatment or was it the, the actual job itself or was the, it the people?
1: Um, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes you can tell right away with the company kind of what the atmosphere is sure yeah and after a week or two working with a few different people there I was like i don't you know I, I just uh i don't think this is gonna be for me the culture yeah um obviously i i didn't yeah you know met a few people there after a while that you know um were good people good people to work with guys that would teach young guys something so i obviously stayed there um And did my apprenticeship there. Uh, But the first opportunity I got to get out of there, I did. Yeah. Um, Ended up finishing the last year of my four-year apprenticeship at another company that I had some background with, but I worked before I got into this trade. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, after I got out of my time as an apprentice, became a journeyman, uh, I got out of there and came school, okay and um then just the progression there was when i started here i was you know i just was a uh journeyman worked for other guys in the field you know other foremen running work and um after a few years of that um the owners at the time approached me about running work myself sure which again i i didn't i didn't seek it it was something that they they brought to work well. me
0: paid attention to something you're doing
1: or they were yeah but at the time it was what are you me to do if you need me to come in saturday and sweep the floor i'll, I'll be there saturday to sweep the floor um but monofusco was a little more close-knit at the time they were smaller but it was close-knit with the people as opposed to some of the other bigger companies that didn't know yeah. the owners they didn't know you know not everybody knew everybody and the owners didn't know the employees
0: and okay well yeah so a couple things there your attitude of like if you want me to come in and sweep the floor on saturday that's just a really wonderful character attribute that you have personally like i've seen that in in you now as the owner i've seen you just be like what do the guys do like you're just talking about them being your boss i see you still have an attitude now so one if anybody's going to take something away from this like maybe just having that kind of like yeah okay i can help you yeah i can do that yeah i can do that it gets you places it genuinely does like saying yes or not griping um getting the work done it it is a good work ethic that has got you a lot of where you're at wouldn't you say
1: Uh, i i guess looking back i would agree with that but i don't i don't want anybody to ever think that just go anywhere and blatantly be it, yes. Well, you know, no, I we don't
0: think you were that way either. But I mean, like you clearly left places that you didn't feel like you were getting your fair to, right? You, you moved around and you found what you, you got education in a bunch of different places and you found yeah. a company that you wanted to say yes for. Let's just say that. It, exactly. you, were, you were happy to do the work for them.
1: That is very accurate. Okay, good. Because other places that I worked before, the trades and everything, I mean, if, if you didn't feel like you had some skin in it, whether you, you know, technically did or not, you just, you, I found that I couldn't give them 100%. Well,
0: that's what I was just going to say. You said some of these other companies that you're working didn't know their employees. Like you didn't know the bosses and stuff. And you said that that was definitely a different thing at Montefusco when mm-hmm. you got there. And so I obviously see you running your business today that way. So clearly that had to have something to do with how you feel the success of the company came to be, right? Because it was good for you.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the 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 guys that owned it at the time when I came over hadn't been there terribly long. Okay. They had um, just taken over from the, the the previous Montefusco that owned it. Sure. And this was they were the first generation to have it that wasn't a Montefusco. Sure. And uh, they just um, they treated people like people. Um, you would never you wouldn't know they were the owners. You wouldn't know they were your your boss. Um they would be there'd be times where they were out helping if help was needed. Um and they just uh, they treated people like people which cannot be overstated because that's so important. Um and I I don't I know so many owners of Diff not construction have anything that don't treat people like they need to be treated. And uh, it's struggle. And
0: Well, and it, it's I feel like it becomes evident to people around you, whether you're working with them in business or in their personal life, like places that can't keep employees, right? Places where, like, the employees always feel be a little pissed off about being at work. Um, that falls into, that trickled all the way down into, like, the actual work that's executed, don't you think? Like, when somebody does not give a shit, like, I, they cannot possibly be doing 100% of the work that they're doing.
1: I absolutely agree, and I—I uh, I mean, that's one thing. That statement right there is one thing that I've literally seen play out. And unfortunately, not every company is the right fit for every person. Yeah. And we, we've had, you know, we've had people come and go over the years, and and that's okay. Yeah. We've had, uh, we've had, good departures. We've had departures that were a little more rough. Uh, we've had guys or gals leave that, um, both of us knew they needed to. And, uh, there, there are some that i met. There's some that I still stay in touch with that don't work here anymore. Um, but, and there are some that, that leave and come back and leave and come back, which is how the, a lot of the union trade work anyway, as work ebbs and flows. But, you know, when, when somebody's not happy, it shows in their work. And if, if there's not somebody there to identify that and, and see that, then you've got somebody or somebody out there putting out the part work for a customer that's paying for, you know, what we like to call the best of the best in the union trade. And so it's important to, it goes back to knowing people and owners that don't know their employees and vice versa. It, you know, that's why our, what we've got probably the most open atmosphere in a company, in, in construction anyway, that, that I know. And I love it that way. There's no doors closed, there's no, we all have doors, but they're not closed. You've been there. You want to walk into anybody's office and, and talk about anything. I, I don't know that I've ever once had a guy or a guy walk into my office to talk about something. And if I was in the middle of typing up a quote or going through a drawing or whatever, I'll stop that every time. Yeah, grab a seat, let's chat with up, because that's just, that's where it's all at. And I'm not saying we're not perfect buying meets, but I think that, and like I mentioned, over the years, we've had to get rid of some employees, and I don't want to, I don't want to label those employees as bad apples, but. You know. Well, it
0: doesn't take much to spoil a really copacetic environment where like everybody is vibing, no, like. And sometimes there are, like you said, just like a personality clash where it's like, oh, this now there's something that isn't quite working here. Like we were all kind of jiving before and now something's in the mix that's not working. And so sometimes it's, like you said, it's not that they're bad people. It's just like it's not a right fit. And I, I totally understand what you're talking about there. Because you have to protect that happy little family environment that you have because really that's what's allowing you to just like full steam ahead keep going to stuff if you were constantly stopping to get more people in there oh i wish we could do more work if we could get more people hired like if that was the thing you were saying all the time you wouldn't be able to be growing at the rate
1: that you are yeah and hey when you're when you're growing as a company whether you're trying to or subconsciously growing is just happening um you, you have to control it and to control it you have to have the right people in place and that's just all there is to it yeah so i don't ever you know and i tell our our people all the time i don't ever want anybody to be there working that's not happy it could be somewhere working that they're happy because um because we just care because we're human beings yeah and um that's why i say there's been some good departures, some bad departures and i keep in touch with people that want to stay in touch. And sometimes it's been them reaching back out or me reaching out to them because uh, we've got a good friendship mm-hmm. aside from the business side of things. But yeah. if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and it's not healthy for the business or the employee. And I, we just don't want it.
0: Yeah, you know, I have this conversation time to time. Um, I had a friend who was like very into, they were like writing all the like legalese for a company, for several companies. And they were like, really hard on me about, like, in my business, like, getting more into my contracts with my clients and, Mm -hmm. like, having, like, deadlines and these dates and that, like, they're locked in for this amount of months and to protect myself and all these things. And I was just like, listen, somebody doesn't want to work with me anymore. I want them to be able to go. Like, I don't want them to, oh, I got two more months of contract. No, 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 no. I am no longer, like, adding to your life. Please feel free to break guys because I don't want to be anywhere this somebody doesn't want me and that's the same thing as like you with your employees it's like everybody has to work everybody has obligations and like it's a job a lot of times I'm sure but like if if this isn't like really where you want to be then like don't (laughs) right I mean it's really it's really very simple because otherwise it just ruins everybody else's day
1: it's very simple and that's exactly right and a lot of the young uh I say young guys but a lot of the newer guys or gal because sometimes they're not always necessarily young that start that's one of the first conversations I have usually after they're there for a couple of weeks and we kind of see how they are how their work ethic is and um you can help pretty quick and a lot of times that's exactly what I'll sit down with a, a new guy or gal after a little bit and say um what you know what do you think is this for you because here's what we're seeing good bad and indifferent
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: Here's what we're seeing. And I just want to make sure we're all on the same page before we take the next step into looking at getting you in the pre apprenticeship or looking at getting you into the apprenticeship and make we just want to make sure it's for you because if yeah. it's not for you, then it's not for us. It has to be for you. Right. And we're gonna be a lot of work on both of our parts.
0: I and mean, if yeah. you're already out in all the way, then it's, it's not gonna work out.
1: And when you start you know, investing in a, an employee yeah uh, especially when let's just say the we've got a couple kids that are uh late teens and early twenties right now um when you start investing in someone that young there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it from from their side and your is as the employee her and you don't want to waste a whole bunch of their time they don't want to waste a whole bunch of your time hopefully yeah um but when you start seeing the the potential there with the the hiring pool there is now yeah. in our country it's rough yeah so when you start seeing potential in in someone you, you want to hold on to them yeah and it's it's hard to convince the 19 20 21 year olds right now that this could literally be your career for 40 years right being
0: sitting in your chair someday yeah
1: yeah i mean really yeah
0: really somebody's gonna
1: yeah and <laughs> And there are guys in gals that never ever would want to be an owner of sure. anything. And thank God for that. Well that's okay. Yeah. We need everybody.
0: If everybody wanted to be owner, we would not get anything done.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, we I mean, nowadays we carry between all dependent on the time of year summer, um, employees ramp up because summer work tends to get hot and heavy. Sure. Um literally, stuff like that. yeah. Literally. <laughs> Um, so we're we have not flow well between 25 and 35 employees overall these days. That's a lot, yeah. Sometimes a little more, um, sometimes a little less. But um, we're, not that that's a ton by any means. But sure. for us, it is. And when you start talking about that many different bodies and people and personalities,
0: needs, um, once
1: and it, it gets. Yeah, it. I, I I say it gets fun. Yeah. Um, it gets a that's little. That's
0: attitude again coming out and shining.
1: Well, I mean, like. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I'm res. I wouldn't say I'm responsible for hiring them all. Sure. But right now uh, we've got thirty, and I want to say the only one that actually the only one that's been here longer than me is Big Ray. Okay. Um, okay. Ray has been here since uh, Tony Matthews. still had it. Wow. Um, the other we we had a server tech that was here but he's since retired. So sure. uh, right now it's just, it's Ray and I. Wow. The, um, so Ray's been here since before. No
0: wonder he looks at me like, what's this girl doing when I come up? I'm like, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's right. like, I don't need big think I've been here long enough. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: So when you, you know, and you think about that, Ray, Ray has just seen, He's seen everything, so you know, from, from the uh, the houses to the small commercial to the big commercial work to the industrial stuff that, that he's seen Montefusco grow through. Yeah. Nobody has seen as much of the story cool. as Ray.
0: That's incredible. Wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when we talk about, um, so the, the apprenticeship to journeymen, and you're talking about kids coming on that are... Um, younger and like facing that decision of like do they want to start the apprenticeship so when you're working in that HVAC industry because I don't know so I'm assuming somebody else out there doesn't know either like if I were willing and capable I could come with no HVAC knowledge and start working like in your shop doing like watching guys or like is there an entry-level position before they start that apprenticeship then where they like helping move stuff around, learning safety stuff, that kind of thing, and seeing if it's the field for them, or?
1: Yep, what we call it is, we refer to it at Montefusco as the truck driver position. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Which is a a very vague title. Sure. It encompasses a lot. You'll probably
0: drive a truck, but there's a lot of other stuff.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, But if you, if you want to know what it's about yeah get around it yeah and what it entails because like we've discussed there's so much stuff you can't just put it on a piece of paper yeah it's not just hanging duck work making duck work it's right you know? even if
0: you're here for a day we're probably gonna do something different tomorrow yeah exactly. yeah
1: so um you know we can have that truck driver position you know uh, a young kid or, or guy or gal or whatever yeah. can come in and do that and just get around it see what it's about yeah see if it's for them and what that does and I've seen it work both ways to where Um, A a person has been in that position for a while, realized that it wasn't for them, and they left. Uh On the opposite end of that, I've seen them come in. It is for them. They stay, go into the pre-apprenticeship, then go into the apprenticeship, uh, then become... that is
0: like a schooling somewhere else that they go through, or is it something like they're working for you and they're doing that at the same time, or...
1: Same. So our apprenticeship, um, our local one union hall is in Morton, Oh, okay. which is where the joint apprenticeship training committee is okay that's where they go to school when I start okay Uh, used to be that it was two nights a week in the evenings okay um it's recently over the last few years just changed to where they go um in one week increments where they go during the day okay um for a 40-hour week sure and train that way uh and it's a four-year apprenticeship and then when most of out...
0: those guys are working in, in the field, also in some degree, yeah. like at a at a company, oh, also. Yeah. so they're yeah. getting that kind of experience. Also, and that's part of it, right?
1: Yep, that's um, and as far as uh, union apprenticeships go for any of the trades, in my opinion, that's the invaluable part of it. There's two things that are great about it. One, you earn a certificate. You earn an apprenticeship certificate. You get done with that apprenticeship, whether it's electrical, plumbing, sheet metal. Whatever it is, yeah, there's so many out there. Um, nobody can ever take that away from you. Yeah. You get your card. You can go work anyway locally. You can go work. A lot of them, you know, the whole you thing, can go right? right? Or country,
0: oh, the whole country, okay.
1: Um, and it, it's something. It, it's like a college degree. Sure, nobody's ever gonna take that away from you. But a, you're working in the field you're gonna be working in while you're earning your degree, and there's no debt attached, so you're uh, making
0: money while you're doing. It.
1: You're getting paid to get a degree, and you had zero debt when you come out of it. And in our our particular trade, uh, mm-hmm. you start out as an apprentice. Uh, first year, you make 50% of scale, and right now that's roughly $18 and some change on your check. Yeah. Not to mention your total package for all the other stuff involved. So you're you're making decent starting money, and you, you you're accruing no debt.
0: So is that what took you into it? Is that what made you think HVAC? What, all those years ago, back in April 10th of 2000, had you worked, walked into a shop and been a truck driver position anywhere? Did you just close your eyes and pick a an unemployment out of map? How did you get there?
1: I was, at the time, I was working for a union roofing company. Okay. Um, I had previously Ooh, well done oh. roofing and construction <laughs> uh, with other companies before I got into the union, and I originally started roofing with my my grandpa back when I was in high school. Okay, and out of high school, and uh, at back then, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Sure, I knew college wasn't.
0: Nobody knows right after high school. Nobody.
1: I, I knew college was my thing. Yeah, that was never on my radar. Sure. Um. So you back then you just go. I shouldn't say back then you can do the same thing today, but what I, you know, you just go test for oh. um, the operator's apprenticeship, the electrician's apprenticeship. Okay. Uh, you just go test.
0: And it's kind of like they place you in one that you're the strongest in, that kind of thing. Or they tell
1: you, well, you, you your... go to the different halls. Okay. It turns out with sheet metal, I tested. Um, then if you do a certain level on your written test, you get called in for a, an oral test and then they combine the two scores and then place you on a list. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember where I placed on the list at the time. I I think I was they in the top five. And then you go into basically that's their hiring pool. So okay. when a Monarchus go or another union company and you've been apprenticed, okay. they call the hall number one, then number two bumps up, so on so forth. Um, once you test once and get on your list, uh, at that time, your position was, you know, you were on the list for two years. Okay. Um, if you didn't retest and try to do better, you could just sit on that list for two years. When I finally got called, I was working for a union reference shop. And I was one week shy of, of two years, hadn't thought about it for probably eighteen months. Sure. Figured it was Yeah. You know, what maybe the I'll mess, maybe I won't.
0: Yeah, you already thought uh, um, about it.
1: And they, they called and
0: And this is and this was you got the call and then that first job you went to the corn place in Pecan.
1: Um, the first company I got called from, Yeah. that was the, the first driver okay. I went to was that day I went to the office in Peoria, filled out my hiring paperwork and then went the, to that you're over there. Truck.
0: Okay. So there's, so, and that's the same thing. Like if somebody were to come to your shop and take a truck driver position to see if they like it or whatever, and that they decide they are, then they could, they would go do the same thing. They would go test and they would wait for like to be brought into the apprenticeship, but they could be.
1: Yep. It's a little bit different now. Um, the, the getting into the apprenticeship is structured a little bit different now, but there's still the testing, the interview, um, and getting placed on a list if you don't have an employer that wants to take you
0: sure. right away. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I was wondering. I was wondering how you ended up in this field for all those years. Because, like I said, lots of people like, knew you. You're friends with lots of people that I was friends with at that time, but it was, April 10th of 2000, I was in i was in my freshman year of high school so
1: <laughs> it was it was just random as hell there was yeah. no yeah there was no uh you know there was no path that i was going down that was steering me towards that sure it just yeah. um it it was just it was random there was I, I i had known growing up my dad had some friends that were sheet metal workers and other guys in the trade and at one time army was on my radar Sure. Going in the military. Well, and if
0: you were, you know, we already working in the refining trade, like you probably were headed for one of the trades.
1: Yeah. In any, I,
0: in any way, that's probably in the back of your mind, I would guess,
1: right? Yeah, and but you know, you, you got to remember too, twenty, almost twenty four years ago. So, that you didn't get the the exposure in in high school uh to the trade
0: it was college college, college back
1: college, then college. the train yeah. college down your yeah. fucking throat all day every day and if you weren't testing and applying you're, you know whatever junior senior year or even before yeah you, you were gonna be a deadbeat piece of shit yeah and you were gonna do nothing yeah and that's all there was to it so you know i look back at that and uh every time i th- i get thinking about that it pisses me off because um they're really starting to come around now. The Last five to ten years, the trades have really started being uh, an option, yeah. more so. And it's it's not hard to figure out why. Uh, the The main reason, and the common sense reason, is because there's no debt with the trade. There's no debt. Yeah, you got to work hard. You got to you got to do all the things to to get through the school, just the same as college. And uh, but there's no debt.
0: Well, I think the big, like, fairy tale that was being sold to us when we were in school was you had to get a, a college degree to get a good job. And then, like, everybody went to college, and then everybody got out with their degree and was like, where's my job? And they are like, oh, sorry. Actually, we are wrong. But it's, like, uh, other stuff that you're going to have to do to get a job. And college degree doesn't actually so it's anyway it's a requirement in some things, but it's not, you know? And so, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, that's probably a whole nother conversation about college. Now, I've been, like, thinking about this so much because my four boys are just brilliant as hell. Like, straight-A students, really smart, all, like, mechanically inclined, really good with their hands. Um, and their dad, you know, went into the diesel equipment technology program at ICC, um, similar to, like, the trades type yep, of program, sure. you know, and... So he really would like to see them go into a trade. And I'm not necessarily pushing college. The thing I'm pushing is a gap year. Like just the year after after high school, do anything other than decide what the rest of your life is going to be. Because like travel, maybe. like I I didn't do that. I was like straight in. I was taking college courses before I even graduated high school. Sure. You know what I mean? To get ahead on my program. But like there was no benefit to that. I mean, and again, people are going to disagree yeah. that you're telling me I'm wrong or whatever. But this whole, like, hurry up to get to start your life. I feel like all those people that did that are now, like, 45, like, a mortgage, kids still paying off student debt and, like, looking around, like, shit. And I feel more like there's this movement of, like, enjoy your every day. Like, just enjoy your every day. And so I want my kids to... I don't care what you do. I don't care if you go to college. I don't care if you go into the trades. I want you to be happy with the life that you choose. And I don't think an 18-year-old... And I don't even think a 19 year old can decide. But I think if you have a little breathing room to try out a bunch of stuff, as long as you're employed, you know what I mean? Make some money and don't be a deadbeat during that time, but figure out what you want to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do till well into my 20s. You know what I mean? I'm still figuring it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I think I was 24 Yeah. before I got into the apprenticeship. Yeah. I worked, I did other things, you know, roughing the construction, all that yeah. stuff. I, I, I was at that time, what it's called, what was called older to finally settle on a career. Sure. And Which is
0: insane. 24, you're still so young.
1: It's insane today. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, yeah. that was, You're right. I'm not young anymore. That was a long time ago. And, you know, like we just said, college was crammed down your throat and the, the term entrepreneur was, was a joke.
0: Oh, I remember being like, I want to be a singer. Like, because I didn't know, like, I had other artistic talents at that time. And my dad was like, people don't need, it's like, they need water. That's why I work at the water company. (laughs) He's like, don't be impractical. Don't start something. Go get a good, solid job. That's, that's what you have to do.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't, and it, sometimes people need to work for somebody. Yes, absolutely. But the term entrepreneur today is looked at way differently than it was 20 30 35 years ago Absolutely. it's it's um it's not a laughed at term yeah and but you know with technology and all the things that have developed since the internet it's it's a lot easier to be an entrepreneur and be successful as opposed to just saying that's what you are but you're really doing nothing
0: the resources of being able to literally scour the internet and find the answer to any question you could possibly need to know is a game change for sure there's no way that i'm doing this i mean before the internet there's no way uh i would have even like even i was talking to somebody in an interview a couple of weeks ago at US page over its boots now it's like oh, i might not have been her but it, i was talking about something and i was like oh so pinterest was invented you could like look that stuff up, up that. and they're like yeah, yeah yeah because like that I could find anything I couldn't dream up on my own. I could find inspiration on, if we look up anything, and you could find it. And I think prior to that, I'm like, gosh, when, how did, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, if I didn't know how to change a, you know, leg out on something, how would I have looked it up? I don't know how you would do it, you know? And so we are like, it's a crutch a little bit, but I, honestly, it's propelled things so much.
1: Well, the internet, you know, in the late 90s, coming around was, and if you think about it, you know, the internet's only it's not even 30 years old yet, which crazy. Yeah. It, it's crazy to think about that, yeah. you know, uh, and when you think about, well, what, what would the internet do for a confession company? Well, why, why does that factor? Right. It factors in ways that I, you can't even, you can't even explain, uh, let alone begin to fathom where it would be that without it with the bidding process the the uh estimation process yeah. is um a lot of people use the internet and resources and technology to do that stuff we still do it more um old school the estimating part with our takeoffs and things like that because you know the two of us that do our estimating we're both cheap metal workers josh and i yeah we went through the apprenticeship we were so yeah. it, that benefits us in ways that that some owners don't have because they never did it. We have yeah. installed it. We know what it takes to put this up. Mm-hmm. And that benefits us quite a bit. And in a lot of
0: places, I would assume the person for that position has had all those Correct. on the ground experience. But
1: yeah, yeah. some yeah. have. Yeah, but the majority have not. And which is okay because you can learn it good enough. But it's it's a huge benefit for him and I to have gone through the apprenticeship installed for you know decades and then so uh that helps us but what you know even him and i we talked about it all the time we're not tech savvy by any means but even the ipads alone what it gives us for between the office and the guys in the field and the service techs and that uh josh and i talked about it pretty often i remember when he was in the field running the job at McDonough district hospital called him i said hey we're we're gonna get an ipad for you and we're, you're gonna be able to get the drawings and everything on he's like what the hell am i gonna do with that i don't want that yeah you know and uh i remember i i ran it out through to him one day in macomb kind of showed him a couple of things it was new to me too and then oh yeah i'm, I'm never gonna turn this thing on i don't need this thing da, 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 da. and it was two three days later he calls this ipad's the best thing that ever happened to me and He'll tell you the same thing because it it, it, it it was because it was the sharing and the transferring and the moving of information at, at the time, which was breakneck speed to where it was we didn't have to print it out in Peoria, run it to Macomb. That's is,
0: that is the thing that, like, I think so many people, especially, like, younger generations, they can't really and don't understand what things are like for the Internet. I started doing this little, like, uh funny anecdote 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 i just spelled it so incorrectly that autocorrected even though what i was trying to say um uh, i uh, i've been like my little anecdote at the end of the episode i, was, I started that a couple of weeks ago and the one that i just put out was like i printed out a bunch of resumes and delivered that dental office when I got out of hygiene school and I talked about like pointing out the addresses of the ones that want me to drive this little chandelier that I'm told to okay. yeah. and I'm like thinking as I get done recording it I publish. I'm like Anybody who doesn't understand isn't going to understand like why I didn't just email them or why I didn't mm-hmm. just like send it digital. But like that wasn't a thing. Didn't, yeah. Like emailing a resume was like the laziest thing. Like you need a paper. Like they were like, do wow. not try to do like, and that was because I know, the internet was not supposed to be used for getting jobs. Right. But it was like, just to Google stuff for school. Like maybe work up that directions directions to print. those so I was saying, oh, get yourself the
1: nice colored paper. Yes, exactly. And print Thanks. it out. And you, yep. I the
0: put thing. them in bright colored envelopes. I yep. did all the things. The whole story is like, it's really funny at the end, like, I left out a very important piece of information on all these wonderfully <laughs> crafted <laughs> hand-delivered resumes. Uh, but I was like, this is not going to make sense to anybody who, like, didn't apply for a job prior to, like, 2010. Yep. I guess mean, that's just mm-hmm. not how it was done.
1: You know, with email invented in, what, the mid-90s? Right. 94, whatever it was. Yeah, it still was not. It was not you for things like that. When it
0: wasn't on your phone, first of all. The like, no. internet being in your phone was much delayed after even the internet was developed. So even like social media, you had to take the picture at your digital okay. camera. And take the SD card out and go home and shove it in the side of your computer at those things. Or go to Walmart. Or go to Walmart, yes. But I mean, if you wanted to put them up in like an album on Facebook, that's how you had to do it. That's why there's albums of like hundreds of photos because it'd be like, my whole night out. And you'd put like every photo from your camera on there. You what? Know? Yeah. Things yeah. The things changed. And it wasn't, it's markable business, period. Like it was right. a catch up with Rita from yeah. Colorado that you never see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there, there are young kids nowadays uh, that'll come in, get sent our way from a friend of a friend or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And yet yeah, come in, we'll talk, you know, uh, talk, get a good feel. Hey, when you get home, email him. Blank's there. I don't, I don't have a resume because they don't do them I mean, maybe some do, but I, I'm guessing the majority of them don't, because I, I think, sometimes I think they're like, well, just Facebook stalk me, and mm-hmm. you'll see everything you need to see. What What, what do you need me to write down? What? I don't know. I don't have one. And then when you ask them to put one together, because you want to see them put even 10 minutes worth of effort into a workout. That's all it is. Doc resume. Yeah. I want um, to know
0: that you can follow a tab you,
1: you did, turn it in. Sometimes, I mean, a, a lot of times you don't get them. Yeah. That's it.
0: But that's the thing is like, that's that's literally the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, it's all pomp and circumstance because if you're not willing to get on a computer and put five minutes into auto filling your information into a template from Google and pressing send, then you're probably not going to be able to like show up here on time or follow the rules that I give you, right? When I was hiring for that restaurant, I felt like such an old lady because like, I was like told, first of all, we made like a, a million resumes at school, all the, all the practice on what needs to be put on there. Right. Second of all, it was like dress nice. Dress like for the, like for the boss's vision, like no matter what you wear dress clothes to interview. And like, I was interviewing people in like umbro shorts that like I was sure had not even brushed hair that day. And I was just like, I've never felt so old to like, is this how you're coming to a job? And I went, like, and my mother was. Terribly negative and not supportive at all. But, like, she at least browbeated into me. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is like right. you dress her. And you're like, where are your parents? Why are they not, like, telling you this is how you act for a job interview? I mean.
1: I don't know. Did... It's funny. It's going to for me to relate too much to that. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, as far as going on interviews, I mean, I, I've sat in on some to hire people yeah, now. Sure. But I'm, I'll be 48 this year. And. I've never, i never had a job interview. I, I, the only one I would technically call that was my oral yeah, interview for the appointment. Yeah, sure. I never had that.
0: Did you just it up that for that.
1: That was twenty-four. <laughs> I thought I was going to ask
0: you some questions. We'll say there, yeah. Stop you.
1: We'll say yeah. So Thank Great. I great. great. I'm sure. That, okay, great. I had a lot more hair, so I probably did something with like that. But, um, you know, it's just funny that that. It, the interview process now is almost foreign to the young kids. They're like, yeah. um, well, you just so they, you just tell me here on the phone, yes or no. Well, there's problem
0: with the employee pool being not great right? oh, yeah. because it's feeding into the people that should have to level up their game by dressing up, making a resume, showing up on time. They're not having any of those things because employers are just so desperate for people that it's like just bringing the whole level of everything down. It's like people have to start being more... I don't know. When I hired for that restaurant, and I did training, and I wrote the employee in, but I was direct. I was, like, old school. Like, you weren't allowed to wear leggings. You couldn't even wear blue-colored jeans for, like, over oh. three months. I, like, you can wow. wear jeans, but they got to be black, gray, colored, tacky, something like that. Yeah. I was strict about being like hot. Huh? Like, strict about all these things, and all these kids looked at me like, like, I think they did two interviews before they found out whether they got hired or not. For an entry-level coffee shop position, but I was like, I tell you what, my people showed up and they were so happy to be there and they treasured their job and they loved it. It's like I took it so seriously; they took it so seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, set the tone. And you know, going back to what we mentioned before, when you when you see that in the hiring pool today, what is the diamond in the rough? You you latch on. You latch on, and it's the it's it's been an issue for a little while. Uh, there's one journeyman that's working for us now, runs some work for us from time to time. Um, I think he's been a, there was this friendship he's been in for six to seven years now. I, I, he was referred to me from a couple of people that, that knew him outside of work, you know, knew him personally, knew him, but the kid had grown up, knew what he was looking for. So they sent him my way. I said, yeah, well, I didn't come in. Like I contacted him. He was supposed to come in. I don't remember exactly what time. we will just say eight o'clock one morning. 8 o'clock, 7.55 rolls around. Sure. I start looking in the parking lot. Yeah, like, yeah. 8 o'clock hits, 8.05, 8.15, here he comes in the door. And I'm like.
0: If you're not early, you're
1: late. M- yeah. Medi shook his hand. And if he listens to this, he'll know this is about him <laughs> by what I'm about to say. But it's all, it's all men with love. Uh, I was like, well, you're 15 minutes late. Like, that's not a good start. There's a pretty good chance this isn't going to work out. And he looked at me, said, That's my bad dude. And I thought, Okay. So we did our talk. You Didn't go very long because did. by then I was pretty perturbed, you know. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, at the thing, even back then, six, seven years ago, the hiring pool was starting to struggle. So I, I had he had good references, good people telling me, you know, he's a good kid and all that yeah. stuff. So ended up hiring for the truck driver position.
0: Okay.
1: Uh he worked out. Okay. Long story short, he worked out. Okay. My initial gut feeling at the time was just go ahead and spin around and right on back at yeah. the door. Yeah. But I knew that what if he is you know, he had some issues during his apprenticeship and stuff, and uh, some incidents that probably could have easily resulted in just carting away. So work for you now? Yeah. Okay. Still work for him. okay. Yeah. And uh, he, he's one, you know, one of our our staples. Yeah. And
0: Oh, I'm gonna to
1: have to guess in my head who he is. It, 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 just, it just goes <laughs> back, it just goes to show that what you're faced with as an employer and hiring nowadays is nowhere near what it was 20 30 years ago because you can't just dismiss someone simply because they wear leggings or yeah, they wear the color pants you told them not to wear because you might be rude and they're so few and far between that it's crazy even 10 years ago we had no problem finding good solid help especially when you you presented them with the fact that if they get into the apprenticeship back say four years ago you know the scale was lower so their starting rate was lower but still comparable to what it is today because you know inflation and everything but you're going to start out at 15 16 17 bucks an hour yeah i mean you got people jumping out of the trees with that opportunity yeah today it's just not there. Almost scary. And it sucks. Yes.
0: I think in all the time that I've known you, I've grown to learn more and more about you. And one of the things I'm sure of is that you have a brilliant business mind. You're always throwing new ideas at me and fun things that you want to try and new stuff that you want to look at. And you're always willing to learn and grow. And so I think I would love to have you come back and have another conversation with you about just like, where business is headed, like things that you're excited about, like other projects you like working on and and get a second round with Wes from Monetusco if you're down for that.
1: Yeah, I would dang, I would love to do that. And things are always always changing in the construction world anyway. And uh there's always gonna be something new and fun to talk about. So I'd love to come back.
0: Awesome. I'm not sure if the people who joined us up here or not are going to drown us out. So that's another reason why I want to cut a story here.
1: For the record. You might be a little bit loud. <laughs> she never told me she started the recording.
0: <laughs> 58 minutes in. That's a new record.
1: About eight <laughs> about eight minutes in, I just assumed she aired.
0: Hi, friends. Thank you for listening to that episode with Wes from Montefusco HVAC. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I hope you'll leave a little comment for me um on this episode or on the uh, post about this episode on social media um my little anecdotal story i'm going to give you today is um less of a less of a funny story and more of just a, a maybe a lesson um for all of us to learn i was newly out of dental hygiene school And was taking one of the first jobs that I could get. And that was a job at a pedodontist, which is a child dentist. Um, and not a dentist that is a child, but like a dentist for children. I mean, I think that's obvious, but it, it sounded funny. Um, on a Saturday. The only day they had available was a Saturday. Guess why? Because nobody wants to work on those days. And so I was going in for my very first day. I lived quite far away, but I just recently moved there out of college and didn't know exactly how many minutes it was going to take me to get to this new position. It wasn't like, as if I moved very far, it's just, I moved into a different town and I was used to like my commute, taking 30 minutes to get everywhere. And it was going to take like 45 and I had miscalculated. And this was before the days of GPS. So I was traveling quite fast down a road. um, That was a two lane highway and it was quite foggy. I was definitely being reckless. Um, definitely going too fast and came up upon a car that was going slow in front of me and I slowed down, but then got frustrated and decided to pass this car, made a bad judgment call, probably took up a ch- chance that I shouldn't have been trying to pass this car. And in the oncoming lane, there appeared a, a car that was going to be coming. So I had to be kind of quick and get over really fast. Once I got over really quick and the oncoming traffic passed me, I realized that car that I just narrowly escaped um, getting in front of was a cop car. And so that cop for sure did a U turn in the middle of 116 and came back and got me. And so I got pulled over. And as I mentioned, I was already late. And this seems like such a cliche story. Um, I'm already late to my first day of work at a job I really don't want to go to. And now I'm getting pulled over. And so I got pulled over and the cop said, ma'am, you're going way too fast. Like it's foggy. You just passed. You don't need to be going that fast to pass somebody. Um, if you do, then you should wait. I said, I understand. I'm just really late. It's my first day. He looks at me like I'm crazy. Cause like who starts a first day on a Saturday? Who, who works at a dentist's office on a Saturday? Right. So he doesn't believe me anyway. And he says, um, well, I'm going to let you go with a warning. But trust me, wherever you're going, they want you to get there in one piece. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And I did genuinely feel bad. And um I was like, gosh, you know, I just like I'm just so lucky that I didn't like get hurt cuz I was driving too fast and then second that I didn't get a ticket. Like who gets off with a warning? That almost never happens. So I go into work and make my way to the dental office and I am late. I'm like a good 15 minutes late now. And I probably had a patient, um, that I was letting down at that time and getting behind on. And so when I walked in the door, I explained what happened and said like, I was already running late, but I did get pulled over. And the people at this dental office said, where's the ticket? And I said, oh, I didn't get a, I didn't get a ticket. He let me go, but he still pulled me over and they did not believe me. <laughs> they thought I was making a story up to, um, excuse myself being so late on the first day, which listen, I was going to be late anyway. Like a hey, spoiler alert. I'm late a lot. I hate it. It's a character flaw. I work on it all the time, but I'm still late all the time. Um, So, you know, if they don't like late people, they were not going to like me anyway, (laughs) but they did, um, not end up wanting me to work there (laughs) after this instance. Um, they said I was unreliable if I couldn't be on time for the first day on a Saturday shift. So moral of the story is sometimes it's better to get the ticket (laughs) because if I'd got the ticket, they might've believed me. I'm sure I would have inevitably not worked out in that office no matter what I did, but, um, that is the story. Don't speed on your way to work. And if you're gonna, you might as well get a ticket so you can prove your story. <laughs> Have a great day. Breeze in Business Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Johnson and is under the umbrella of Brazen Reputation brand management projects. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing and who we are, please visit us online at brazenreputation.com. If you have a small business story that you would like to share and you feel like you would be a great fit for this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me online through my website or through social media and let's chat. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you're here and just go out there and be well.